Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. So 30, how are we doing tonight? We doing good? Man, it is, uh, it is such a huge honor and privilege uh, to be here with you guys tonight. Um, as uh, Pastor Keith Pittman Sr. was saying, man, my name is, is Keith. Uh, I serve as our arena riot pastor uh, here. And uh, man, I'm just, I'm excited. This is my first time speaking in Sub 30. So uh, I, am, I am stoked. I am stoked for what, what God is going to do. But uh, before, before we get into the word, man, I, I got to give honor where, where honor is due. Man, and, uh, and that's, that's to our sub-30 pastors, uh, Pastor Kelly uh, and Pastor Tyler. Man, they're, they're, yeah, we can give it up for them, man. Yes, yes. Man, to, it, it, it takes very special people uh, to be able to take the mantle of, you know, what Pastor Josh and Pastor Clay built um, and to be able to carry it, man. And so uh, just don't take that lightly, man. I just, I love you guys so much. Uh, me and Kelly went to JU together way back in the day. So Dolphin alumnus, you and nephew suck. Um, just kidding, just kidding, but not really. Um. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, for everybody that's watching online, man, thank you so much uh, for joining us and, and, and tuning in. Uh, to my family and, and friends that are here on the front row, I love you guys so much. Thank you uh, for being here. So let's get into it, man. So, um, so as I was just kind of praying, you know, for this message and, and you know, asking God, um, you know, what's the word for, for, for sub-30? And I really felt like he put this, this deep conviction on my heart, man. You know, every Sunday... Um, or Wednesday for a sub-30 setting, man, uh, across the globe, really, what you see is, is, is masses of people uh, who walk through the front doors of a church building um, with, and, and carrying enough baggage that most airlines would have a field day with. Um, and I found that the flow, is, the flow of service is, is pretty similar uh, regardless of the denomination or location. You know, you have your praise and worship, uh, the preacher preaches, tithes and offerings uh, are taken up. But sadly, um, as, as masses of people are, are walking through the front doors, by the masses, an alarming amount of people are walking right out the back doors. So tired, frustrated, and, and, and hopeless, those people, um, they, 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 be, they just begin to isolate themselves, right? And then eventually, they just stop showing up. In the midst of, of difficulty and hardship, these people, they just simply just quit. And I found too often that, you know, we tend to, to value and appreciate the mountaintops, but not so much the valleys. And I would argue that the valleys are equally, if not more necessary to our maturity and growth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, which is where we're going to be today, the Apostle Paul confronts the deceived Corinthian church and, and points to the overarching theme of the letter, which is, you know, God's uh, glory and, and comfort in the midst of suffering. And so Paul wrote that because under, under the, the veil of the new covenant, we now have been granted unlimited access to the Spirit of the Lord. So the work in the ministry of the Holy Spirit is continuous. We go from glory to glory so that we may look more like Christ. And I will argue that each glory takes on the form of a mountaintop, but it's that, that valley in between, like I said, that is so crucial and where we must truly be uh, anchored so that we do not drift away. 
In times of difficulty and hardship, it's so imperative that the church is grounded in Jesus and cognizant of the glory of God. Amen? So check this out. So um, as you guys know, as, as many of you know, I, I know um, a lot of you, uh, if you follow me on social media, you know that I am, my wife and I, we are a month into being parents. Um, yes. Do we, have a, do we have a picture of Kyla? So that is, that is my Kyla. That is, that is all of God's grace in one sweet little face. Um, and I just, I love her so much. And, uh, you know, everybody's, and, and we're just so excited, man. We're, we're very sleep deprived and, uh, and crazy right now. So that's, that's been a journey and that's been cool and everything. But uh, it's, been, it's, been so, it's been so awesome this past month, um, just, just being a dad, man. And I, I'm just learning just so much on what it means to just love. Like, if you think about it, like, in the way that I love her, that's the way that God loves us. She's done absolutely nothing to earn my love. She's pooped on me, peed on me, throw, threw up on me, but I love her anyway. And it's the same way that God feels towards us, where it's completely unconditional and not based on our performance or what we do, but his love is just there. And so um, a lot of people have been asking just kind of like, you know, you know, how was labor? You know, how did, how did that go? Like kind of tell us the story. And so I'm going to tell you the story um, because you know it's a good one. And so, um, and so my wife, Katrina, I love you, babe. I love you. Um, so my, my, my beautiful, lovely wife, she, uh, so she went, so she, it was on a Thursday, right? So she went to work and everything, right? She went to work, got home and everything. Mind you, she's fine all day. And, uh, you know, she gets home and she, she's talking about she's uncomfortable and everything. And so if you know my wife, if you know my wife at all, you would know that she is, um, what's the word? Dramatic. Um, and, and, so, and so when she got home and she's talking about, oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Hold on, it's my, it's my Katrina. Babe, I just, I, just feel like, I just feel like I'm having contractions and I just, I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. And I'm just like, okay, babe, like it's, it's not that serious. I, I think you're fine. I think you're okay. But, you know, lo and behold, she was actually having contractions. And so... Uh, and so she's, she's having contractions and everything, and, uh, and, and <laughs> again, because she's dramatic, I thought she was acting a little bit, I thought she was being a little flamboyant, so I was like, you know what, you're fine, I'm going to bed, you can keep acting, and so, and so I went, and so I went to bed, and so, um, you know, that wasn't one of my best moves, so she wakes me up, she wakes me up at like two in the morning, and is like, babe, I cannot sleep, my stomach hurts, I'm having contractions, oh, Oh, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, babe. I'm like, all right, let's, uh, and so we literally get up two o'clock in the morning and we just start walking around the neighborhood because, you know, if you walk it, it I guess it speeds up the process. I'm, I'm not sure how that works or whatever, but, um, and so we, we, at two o'clock in the morning, you know, we're walking around the neighborhood and I'm like, man, this looks so sketch. Like, God, don't let me get shot. But, um, so we're, walk, we're walking around the neighborhood or whatever, and, and now, like, we're at the point where, like, we're starting to time her contractions, right? And they're happening, you know, every five minutes. And so we're like, oh, crap, like, yo, it's go time. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and so we get to the hospital, and so, I, so we walk and everything, time out the contractions and everything. We get to the hospital. She's in labor, and, you know, the pain starts to intensify and everything. Um, and, and, you know, within a matter of like an hour and a half, two hours, she's like seven centimeters dilated. Um, 
And just to give you some perspective, you're supposed to be like, like one centimeter an hour kind of deal. Um, and, and it's supposed to go slow. Like she was like ready to fly out. And so we were like, we we're like, okay, okay, it's happening. And um, I'm like sweating in there, like, like hovering over the doctors. I was that dad. And, uh, and so we're in a hospital and everything and, and she goes through it. We had to end up getting an emergency C-section um, because uh, she, she kind of stopped at seven centimeters. So she stopped dilating and, you know, the baby's heartbeat started slowing down a little bit. And so the doctor was like, you know, let's just do the C-section so we can get the baby out and everything. So um, they give her an epidural um, and she's like completely just, because she can't, she can't feel anything anymore. Um, <laughs> so she give her the, they give her the epidural and, uh, you know, we, we had a baby and everything and, you know, Kyle is here and, and healthy and, and it's all awesome and cool. And uh, I tell you this story because I, I had the, the great opportunity to, to be there from start to finish. From contractions to delivery, I was there. Now, my presence didn't nullify the pain, but my presence provided comfort through the process. So maybe you're in here and God has impregnated you with a dream, with a vision, with goals and, and, and aspirations, but you're beginning to feel the contractions of life and you feel like your dream is dying and you're winding around looking and wondering where God is. He gave you a promise after all, he should be here to see it fulfilled. I came here tonight for this sole purpose to let you know this, that God is not a deadbeat dad, but a faithful father who with you in mind got beat to death and three days later rose from the grave and beat death so that you could experience life. And not only so that you could experience life, but so that your dream could live and your purpose could be fulfilled and you could walk in your God-given destiny. And there is no other name that saves in this way. There is no other name that breaks these chains. There is no other name that tears down walls. There is no other name but Jesus. Why don't you give your God a shout if you believe it? By grace, we go from glory to glory. Contractions aren't evidence that God has left you, but they are an indication that he is preparing you to give birth to your dream. And his presence does not nullify the pain, but his presence provides comfort through the process. So why, I talk to so many people outside of Sub 30, man, like why are we so inclined to quit when things get hard? I just, I don't get it. I think it's time for us to move from a place where we stop asking God to remove the pain and start asking God to open your eyes and heart so that you can see him where it hurts. He promised to never leave you or forsake you. And by the might of his glorious grace, it tells us, he takes us from glory to glory. So don't quit in between glories, but trust and be encouraged that God is with you and he will see it through. Because I am sure of this, that he who begun a good work in you will carry it on into the day of completion of Christ Jesus our Lord. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up with me to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. Uh, we're going to hit up verses 12 through 18, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 through 18. And verse 12, and it'll be up here on the screen as well. It says, therefore, having such a hope, everybody say hope. 
Having such a hope, we use great boldness. We are not like Moses, who used to put a veil over his face so that the Israelites cannot stare at the end of what was fading away, but their minds were closed. Excuse me. For to this day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains. It is not lifted because it is set aside only in Christ. Verse 15, even to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Verse 17, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is... Come on, let's say it like we've heard it before. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is... Come on, it's a smart class. We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say glory to glory. Now, this is from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, because this is a smart class, I'm sure you have caught on. The message title for tonight is Glory to Glory. Let's pray. <laughs> Father God, we love you so much, and uh, we just desperately need you. We need your presence. We need your help. We need your grace. We need your healing power, Jesus. So I pray that you would just uh, interrupt uh, our regularly scheduled program and have your way. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So what I want to do, I want to just go verse by verse, and we're just going to break this thing down. Y'all with me? Verse by verse. Let's do it. So verse 12, therefore, it says, having such a hope, we use great boldness. Now, another word for having uh, means to hold or possess. Here's what this means. What you hold on will have a hold on you. I'm going to just leave that there. I'm going to come back to it. Now, the word hope in the Greek means joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. Now, hope in what? Hope for what? Hope can be found in the recognition of who Jesus is. Jesus dying on the cross, permanently covering our sin and transgression, bridged the gap between God and us so that through our unclears and uncertainties and unknowns, we can have a confident expectation in who he is and what is to come. But we hear that, and that's cool and everything, right? But fear still tends to creep in. So here's the thing about fear. Fear is, uh, I lost my place, sorry. Fear is a fruit of misplaced hope. And I've found in my life that when my hope is in what's natural, I've missed what God is doing supernaturally. In moments of adversity, you must cling to the truth that is the word of God and take an inventory of what is within you. Not only does what you hold have a hold on you, but there is power in what you possess. Jesus overcame death, hell, and the grave so that you could become a beneficiary, beneficiary of the inheritance that is the kingdom of God. And until his kingdom comes, until his kingdom comes, he has charged us to be guardians of the deposit, which is the Holy Spirit that he placed within us, and to be advocates of his love, his mercy, and his glory and grace. That's why Paul writes, not only do we have this hope, but we use great boldness. Now, the word boldness in the Greek means freedom in speaking, unreservedness in speech, without concealment, fearless confidence, cheerful courage, and assurance. Here's what this means, sub 30. You can't be quiet about the king, because a quiet life is a life that lacks devotion. But boldness is a byproduct of the time that you spend in the Word of God because it is impossible to be bold about what you don't know. So here's, here's what this means. 
Don't expect the breakthrough if you won't break through the Word of God for yourself. I can't expect to look like Stephen if I never go to the gym and use the same steroids that he does. I have to go to the gym to myself if I want to look a certain way. You see what I'm saying? Love you, bro. I told you it was coming. Uh, verse 13. We'll keep going. We're not like Moses who put a veil over his face so that the Israelites could not stare at the end of what was fading away. So what Paul is referring to here can be found in Exodus chapter 34. So uh, Moses would literally step into the presence of God on behalf of the nation of Israel and would come out with glowing, radiant skin, right? So prior to Paul writing this, it was believed that the reason that, you know, Moses had covered his skin or he put the veil over his face was so that the Israelites wouldn't be afraid of, of obviously seeing glowing skin. But what Paul reveals is that Moses actually covered his face because now out of the presence of God, he didn't want the Israelites to see his glow fading away. Catch that. What we see with Moses is, is consistent with what we see in our own lives, right? See, we're not the light, but holders of it. And the closer you are to the source, the brighter the light you hold will shine. A light connected to the source does not dim. A lamp won't turn on if it's not plugged in. I remember when a hurricane came through uh, like a month and a half ago, right? So hurricane came through, um, you know, we're, we're watching the news, we're preparing like it was Armageddon. You know, we got, you know, water on water and, and you know, dry foods and all that good stuff. So uh, Publix was like an absolute madhouse. So we're preparing for the hurricane and everything, right? And, um, you know, we're watching the news. I swear if I hear the words hunker down one more time, I'm going to lose my salvation. But we hunkered down. And, um, you know, on the news they were like, you know, make sure you, you know, turn off your appliances, that kind of stuff to protect your appliances from power surges and, and all that cool stuff. So that's what we did. So, you know, we, we go around the house, uh, you know, turning stuff off, just getting ready, you know, unplugging all the electronics and stuff like that so that we don't, um, and so that, you know, a power surge doesn't end up messing up our electronics and stuff, right? So, you know, the hurricane comes, everything's unplugged, cool, we get through it. And then, uh, you know, the hurricane passes, power and stuff like that comes back on and, and, and comes back to us, right? And, uh, and so, you know, we're going back through the house where, you know, we're plugging stuff back in, turning stuff on, making sure everything works again, right? So I get into our, in, into our bedroom and, you know, we have a, a, a lamp in our bedroom, right? And so I go to turn on the lamp and it won't turn on. And I'm like, why won't this turn on? How did this break? I just bought this, this cheap thing that, that my wife wanted, but I didn't really want. So I'm kind of happy that it broke. Um, <laughs> So, so I'm, 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 turning, I'm trying to turn this lamp on. It's not working. I'm like, yo, what the heck is going on? And so I'm like, babe. And so I'm happy because I didn't want the lamp in the first place, and I thought it was broke. I'm like, babe, um, your lamp broke. Sorry. We got to get another one. My bad. Um, you know, blame Jesus. He's the one that sent the hurricane. It's fine. And so, again, at this time, she's pregnant still. Wait, she does this little leg thing. Mm, that's because it ain't plugged in. Mm. It's like, oh, stank. <laughs> but that's so true, though, right? You see, the effect of sin in our world has spiritually and morally left it looking like a hurricane of some sort has just passed through. And God has called you to use your light and what he has placed in you to go into dark places. But 
if your light is not plugged into church, it won't turn on when you need it to. If, if, if you're not plugged into community, if you're not plugged into sub 30 or to a group, your lamp won't turn on when you need it to. In verse 14, it says, their minds were closed for to this day at the reading of the old covenant, the same veil remains. It is not lifted because it is set aside only in Christ. Even to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. So here's, here's what this means. So during the lifetime of Jesus, right, the holy temple in Jerusalem was the center of all uh, Jewish religious life and, and activity. So the temple was the place where, you know, animal sacrifices were carried out, where, where worship uh, happened according to the law of Moses, and, and they followed it faithfully. So in Hebrew 9, it tells us that uh, in the temple, a veil is what separated uh, the Holy of Holies, which was the earthly dwelling place of God from the rest of the temple where man dwelt. And so this signified that man was separated from God by sin. And only the high priest was permitted to pass beyond this veil once a year to enter into God's presence so that he could offer a sacrifice for all of Israel to atone for their sins. Now here's this. In Matthew 27, it tells the story of, of you know, obviously when, when Jesus was crucified and died on the cross and at the moment that he died, it says that suddenly the veil of the sanctuary was torn. It was split in two from top to bottom. The earthquake and the rocks were split. Now, the tearing of the veil at the moment of Jesus' death dramatically symbolized that his sacrifice, uh, the shedding of his own blood, was a sufficient atonement for all sins. Now, God no longer, and I love this, what, what Pastor Keith Sr. was just sharing uh, in, the, in that exhortation moment. Now, God no longer dwelt in, in a temple built by human hands, but that signified that he now dwells in the temples that were so wonderfully made by his hands, you and I. In 1 Corinthians, it also tells us that you were bought at a price. In verse 17, it says, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where is, what is, what is freedom? In the Greek, it's this word, uh, eleutheria. And I love this definition that I got. It's true liberty is living as we should, not as we please. Here's my definition of it. Freedom isn't a license, it's a liberator. For example, just because you have freedom of speech, that is not a license to dishonor and carelessly use your words however you please, but freedom is a liberator in that you can choose to instead use your words to speak life into people and build one another up. Freedom isn't a license, it's a liberator. Freedom isn't a license to sin because you know that the grace of God will cover you and you'll be forgiven but it's a liberator from the weight of sin so that your light may shine among men. Let's make it practical. Let's make it practical. Freedom is the ability to say no, or if you're black, say nah. <laughs> Freedom is a way of life that isn't dependent on the gratification on the flesh, but is focused on the fulfillment of the spirit that is within us. So let's read this. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is the ability to say no. Now, we just learned that the Spirit of the Lord lives within us, and if where He is there is freedom, then that means that within us there is freedom. So that means that whenever temptation comes my way, I can with confident expectation deflect whatever arises. So when that ex texts you after sub 30, no. 
when that friend invites you to go somewhere that you know you shouldn't? Nah. <laughs> when that scandalous ad pops up on your phone when it's late at night and you're in your room by yourself? No. Oh, but if you're a holy roller, right, and you've been to church and you've been here and you've been consistent and you've been serving and giving, but that pride starts to dwell up in you? No. <laughs> when sin is crouching at your door? No. It's for freedom that Christ, by his epic sacrifice, has set us free. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. And you have to be able to declare the word in times of warfare. But make no mistake, because the devil, he doesn't want you to have a bad day. Right? He doesn't want you to just say, ah, oh, man, my day just, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't. He could care less. He wants to steal from you, kill you, and completely destroy you. So don't be deceived. But... We find hope in the fact that God already won the war and he has overcome. And you being made in the same image of a, of a gracious creator are also an overcomer and more than a conqueror. So now you have to decide which voice you're going to listen to. The Bible tells us that, that the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So are you going to listen to the roaring lion because he's far away? or the still quiet whisper because he's close. Because watch this, because what you listen to, you'll eventually believe and then behave it. That's why it's so important. Now, I love music. I love all types of music. I love rap music. I, I love it all. Chance the Rapper is my guy. Wow, I love music, right? I got another fan over here. But you have to take that stuff in in, in pieces. You got to be careful of what you listen to. Because cause watch this, watch this, watch this. Before Satan was kicked out of heaven, do you know what he was? He was the lead worship angel. So Satan's ministry was music. Satan was the lead music guy in heaven. So how do you think he attacks us? Through our music. And through what we listen to, because he knows if he can get you to listen to it, then you'll eventually believe it and then act it out and behave it. I'm going to just. You don't want no problem with no problem with me. All right. Um, verse 18. Verse 18. Here we go. We're going to land the plane. It says that we all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. So I remember um, probably about, about 10 years ago, um, I went on this fishing trip with my grandpa. Uh, so we went on this fishing trip, man. It was, it was this trip that his, his company um, had put on, and, you know, they, they feed you after and, you know, let you catch these fish and, all cool, they pay for everything. So he, he brought me along. So we went on this fishing trip. And so like as we're, as we're getting on the boat, loading up, taking out of the dock and everything, I'll, I'll never forget this. I don't know why this sign stood out to me so much. But I remember seeing this, this you know, this big white sign uh, with, with, you know, big, bold red letters. And it said, do you have an anchor? Do you know how to use it? Do you have an anchor? Do you know how to use it? Now, 
We know that the, the use and function of an anchor is designed to keep your craft rooted in times where the wind is blowing or when the current is strong, right? We can can y'all bring me my anchor? I brought an anchor just, just to, to show you this. We had to wrap it up in a black cloth so that it wouldn't scratch the floor. Do you have an anchor? Do you know how to use it? You know, see, I got all the strong men to, to bring it. There you go. Use them legs. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Do you have an anchor? And do you know how to use it? Oh, because there's weight in my word. This ain't just some textbook, but this is the living word of God that I stand on and abide by. Do you have an anchor and do you know how to use it? So when things are getting tough, do you know how to deflect what the world may say or what the enemy may be bringing against you, but say, no, this is what my word says. This is what my God says about me. Do you have an anchor, sub 30, and do you know how to use it? He's taking us from glory to glory to glory by grace on grace on grace. You have to recognize that he is doing a work within you. Do you have this anchor and do you know how to use it? You know, I will never, I will never, ever, ever understand how we tend to segregate some aspects of our life from, you know, our walk with God. You'll wait, you'll wait in line hours for some Yeezys, but you won't wait on the Lord. You have, a, you have a bad experience at a restaurant or a doctor's office. You don't never stop eating or going to the doctor again when you're sick, do you? But somehow we get into this thing with God where it's like, if, if he doesn't fulfill my wishes when I want it, how I want it, then uh, uh, this church thing just didn't work out for me. How does that happen? I don't understand it. How do you give up on a God who's faithful to you but keep going back to a boyfriend or girlfriend who keep cheating on you? I'm going to just go ahead and sip this here tea. It's kind of warm this evening. <clears throat> we tend to highlight the parts of the Bible that talk about God's blessings for us, but skip past the parts that talk about sharing in his suffering. If this was easy, everybody would do it. But God has called us to persevere, not punk out. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> you know, every time I talk to people, man, every time I, I, I talk with somebody and, you know, I kind of just share the, uh, uh, these words or, or sentiments or something like this, you know, I often hear the, the rebuttal back to me is, yeah, 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 I hear what you're saying, but you don't know what I'm going through. I, I hear you. That's, that's cool. You brought out the Bible, the scripture, the whole anchor thing. Cool. Yay. Clap. But you don't know what I'm going through. No, no, no. You don't understand the things I've had to go through. You don't, you don't understand what I've been through. 
I've had to go through this, this, and, and you, know, you, you just don't get what I'm going through. And I love this. I love when people say that. Because you've just created an opportunity where you can start praising because you just prophesied out of your own problem saying that I am going through. It says that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't stay there. We don't set up camp there. But you just said, I'm going through. I've been through it. I don't have to stay here. I'm going through. Recognize. It's so important to recognize that in these seasons where, you know, we, we may be facing adversity or, or obstacles that, you know, God is doing a work within you in all seasons of life, from glory to glory, from destination to destination, from strength to strength, from faith to faith. You don't go on a road trip. And, and, you know, quit and turn around halfway there just because you hit traffic. No, you keep going until you get there. So why do we treat God any differently? Don't quit in between glories, but recognize that he is doing a work within you and instead remain anchored in the word of God, in the presence of God, and around the people of God. Perseverance, I love this scripture. Can we put up uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5? Verses 16 through 18. I love, this, this, these, are, these are probably some of my favorite verses ever. So simple. Verse 16, what does it say? I can't read it. What, what does it say? I want y'all to say it. Rejoice, rejoice always. Oh, 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 okay. So rejoice on a Wednesday night. Oh, okay, I got you. Rejoice on a, on a Sunday morning. You sure? Re rejoice, rejoice when things are going good. Huh, okay, we'll, we'll move past that one. 17, pray constantly. So, so, so pray, pray when I need something. Pray, pray, when, when, pray when things are going bad. I can't see that word. Huh, okay. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And the band can go ahead and come back up. Let's, can we leave that up there for a second? I want to I I work through this. So perseverance manifests itself through these three scriptures. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Three ways, I want to give you three quick ways to remain anchored and to help us recognize that we are going from glory to glory and that God is doing a work within us. So rejoice always, my first point. Somebody say passionate praise. Passionate. I, I truly wonder what would happen if we had a, a generation of people that said, I'm gonna praise God no matter what. 
despite my circumstances, despite what I may be experiencing, I'm going to praise Him. And so here's what praise does. Praise, it, it isn't some ego trip for God, but it's an opportunity for your uh, perspective to be elevated. I wonder what would happen if, if we had a, a group of people that went to sub 30 on a Wednesday night, but on a Thursday morning when, when all hell broke loose, we wouldn't be discouraged. We wouldn't quit. We wouldn't just not show up the next week, but we would have a, no, I'm going to put a praise on it kind of attitude. That, that bad doctor's report I just got, I'm going to put a praise on it. Oh, I, I just lost my job, but I'm going to put a praise on it. School is hard right now, but I'm going to put a praise on it. I, I truly wonder what it would look like. I wonder what, what this room would look like if we weren't content with just where we're at. But if we allow the light within us and our praise to help us reach other people and break their chains. Look like, take a second and just look around you. You should be offended at the empty seats. You should be offended that somebody's not sitting next to you. You should be offended that this arena isn't packed out and full. You know what fills seats like this? A life full of praise. A life that, that, that's, positive and, that's positive and says, regardless of my, my circumstance or situation or what I may be going through, I'm going to put a praise on it. My second point. It says to pray constantly. Somebody say, persistent petition. I remember, uh, I remember one year when, when I was younger. When I was younger, we went uh, trick-or-treating, you know, with my grandma, right, around ho Halloween time. You religious people, don't judge me. Um, so we went trick-or-treating. Our outfits were so bad. Like, Nir, do you remember that? She had us in like some crazy like angel look. They was they was bad, y'all. It was really bad, really really bad. But um, we 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 used to go to like these Hallelujah nights and I'm sorry, horror stories. But um, I remember I remember one year we went trick or treating, right? And you know the the general rule is when you're trick or treating is you know if the light is on or if the house is decorated, you know there's there's somebody there like they have candy for you kind of deal. And so I remember we're trick-or-treating, we're walking around her neighborhood and everything, and we get to this one house, and, you know, we're, we're knocking on the door. Nobody's answering. We, we ring the doorbell, you know, nobody's answering. And, you know, I'm, I'm about to, to walk away. I'm like, you know, the light's on and everything, it's all decorated. And I'm like, Grandma, like, you know, you know nobody's, nobody's answering. Like, I, I don't think this house has anything. And... I, I'll, never, uh, I'll never forget this. She looked at me. She turned me around. She pushed me back. She said, no, the lights are on. I saw somebody go before you. I know that he's in there. So keep knocking until he answers. I wonder what it would look like if our prayers weren't just based off of our timeline and when we feel like God should answer us. But our petitions were persistent in that I'm going to keep knocking. God, I, I, I need a miracle. I need a breakthrough. 
He might not answer you right away, but I'm going to keep knocking. God, I, I need you to, to, to move or intervene in this area of my life. But you just got to keep knocking. The Bible says, ask, seek, and knock. And my last point, I, I love this point. It says, give thanks in everything. Somebody say, present people. Hear me, Sub 30. Listen to me. God won't presence himself where you won't presence yourself. God can't meet you where you're at if you're not there. Many times, and I, I'm guilty of this, we pray prayers and, and, you know, we ask God to show up in a situation, but I honestly want nothing to do with it. Where it's, God, I, I need a breakthrough, I need a miracle in my marriage, but what have you been sowing into your marriage? God, I, I need you to intervene or, or do something in, in this job that I'm at. But where's your positivity? Where, where are you at in your job? Are you being the light that he's called you to be? Are you being faithful where he's placed you? A lot of times we, we, want, to say, we want to say, God, I, I'm here, but I want you to clean up over there. I don't want to be there, but God, I need you to go take care of that. That's, that's over there. Again, I don't want nothing to do with that, but God, you got that, right? But again, it begs the question, but I wonder what it would look like if we were a people that were present and gave thanks in everything and say, God, I don't want you to intervene over there, but God, I'm right here in the middle of it, and I need you to meet me here. Because in order for me to get from here to there, I need you to meet me at my here, not there, because I need you to take me there, but before you can take me there, you got to do something here. Glory to glory. And a lot of times we get caught up looking at the, the, the next glory and, you know, and, and what God could do next. And, and we're so focused on, oh, but he's going to do that. But we, we fail to be present here. I wrote this down. Don't fail to be so focused on the future that you fail to be present. It is so important that we're not a fickle type of church. We're not a fickle type of people where when things get hard or where things don't go our way, that we simply just quit or walk away or we just don't want anything to do with it anymore. But we're a people that have an anchor and know how to use it and recognize that God is taking us from glory to glory to glory by the power of his grace on grace on grace on grace. And I'm so grateful for the God that we serve that is just ever so patient and, and loves us in a way that I will never understand. So we're going to just go back into a song of worship where we, we sing about this love of God. And if you're in here tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to this message. If you're in here tonight and you've never heard the gospel of Jesus loves you and he loves you so much to the point that he died for you to cover your sin 
so that you could be brought to life, so that you could walk in the abundance of life that he has set aside and prepared for you. And you're in here tonight and you want to commit or recommit your life to Christ. And maybe you're one of those people that would just say, man, I've been one of those people that used to quit. I've been one of those people that used to give up when things got hard. But tonight that changes. Tonight everything is different. Tonight it's a fresh start. So again, if you're in here and you need a fresh start or you need to commit or recommit your life to Christ, I just want you to signify that by lifting a hand just so I can pray for you. On the count of three. One, two, three. Come on, raise them high, be bold. Amen. Amen. You can put those hands down. Why don't you stand to your feet, sub 30? And if you're comfortable, why don't we all just lift our hands? Father God, we love you. And as we sing of your love and your glory and your grace, Lord, we are just overflowing with thanksgiving. And we're going to be a people that rejoice always and pray constantly and give thanks in everything, God. We will not quit. We will not be shaken. We will not be stirred, Lord, but we will be anchored in the word of God that is your truth and what you have to say about us. So, Lord, we love you and we're so grateful that you love us. And there is no other name that saves. There is no other name that sets free. There is no other name that redeems like you do. There is no other name that takes away our pain. And so, Jesus, we just lift your name high in this place. And we thank you that you love us. Come on, Sub 30, let's sing it out. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.